We're going to be talking about the Ten Commandments today. That's why people say deceitfully, honestly, they say that we don't live by them any longer. It's easy to say that we don't need them. Is it difficult to live by Ten Commandments? Absolutely not. It's not difficult, brother. You're right. Because all is required to begin with is to love God. If you want to live by Ten Commandments, and not by Ten Commandments alone, but if you want to see the Ten Commandments being actually fulfilled in your life. and You know, some people say you're not going to be judged by the Ten Commandments. That is a wrong perception too. Imagine if somebody who is in Christ stole something because he could not resist or lied or, did, or cheated or did something and he dies the next day. What God is going to tell him? No problems, it's okay, you're a liar but you're forgiven because you're in Christ. Will he be judged by what he has done? Or he's going to be just forgiven, just forget it. Forget and forgive. You know, there is no forgiveness without repentance. You understand that, right? So that person, how is he going to be judged? According to what he has done. Even if he's in Christ, that's fine. But according to what he has done. He's making up to heaven because he is in Christ. But he will be judged according. So how? By the Ten Commandments. God said, I said, thou shalt not steal. Why did you? But I thought we don't need them anymore. We don't need them. It means we're not going to be judged by them. Oh, yes, we will. And I will explain that to you. So many think that it's very difficult and hard to live by Ten Commandments, but it's not. See, if you want to be free from sinning against God and what he said in Ten Commandments, all is required to begin with is to love God and to live for him. To love God and live for him, then all other commandments will be just a delight to live by. If you love God and live for him, which is the first three commandments, then every other commandment is going to be nothing but a delight to live by. Because you wouldn't do them. You wouldn't do them. So in that case, let's begin to study this. And don't be afraid about Ten Commandments. So what it says here in verse 1, And God spoke all these saying. When I studied this, actually I made a lot of, Notes, because I love to study the Word of God. And it says, and God spoke all these words, saying, and I will be reading to you these notes that I have. So God spoke to Moses by voice from the very beginning, speaking to him face to face, by voice. And the reason that was that the written word was not given as yet. So, but in this chapter, there is a point where God is bringing his written word to the nation 
beginning with Ten Commandments because Ten Commandments was the first thing that Moses presented to Israelites as a written word on the stone. Written. Because God is not only requires us to be led by his voice alone, but by his word and obeyed. By his word and obeyed. I was thinking about this statement lately, and uh, I realized that uh, the word of God will be very effective in the lives only those who are hungry for the word. If people are not hungry for the word of God, it means nothing to them. Actually, it will aggravate them. Do you remember when you were a kid or if you had children? What was the worst food that you didn't like that your parents gave you? Broccoli? Cooked? I hated, you know what I hated? When I was little, for some reason, I couldn't eat boiled onion in a soup. It was mushy, and I would throw up when I would see it. I didn't like it. I didn't know it was good for me. A lot of people, when they are not hungry for the word of God, to them, anything you say makes them aggravated. I don't like it. I don't like to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear something that is pleasant to my flesh. Well, God's recipe has a big list. It has over a thousand pages. And everything in it is good. We call it the Bible. Amen. Making disciples and to follow Jesus you have to get in love. We cannot make you get in love with God or with his word. I cannot make myself. I have to like it and love it and follow. We could present the word of God and present the love of God, but it's up to people how they take it. But you see, what we need to work in our life first and foremost is this get to love the Lord and his word love him because without love it's gonna be difficult tough life for you to walk and obey him because there is many requirements and some of them toughly difficult difficult for the beginners that's why we don't present to everybody everything. But remember, when you begin to love God and his word, it becomes better and easier and easier. And then finally you begin to enjoy. And whom the Son set free, they are free indeed. God spoke all these words, saying, write these things and I will write them on, on the stone because... I want Israel to see now the written word of God, not just the spoken word of God, the Bible. And then he says, I am the Lord thy God, which I have brought you out of the land of the house of bondage. It is interesting that at this point of time, 
Israel has been walking with the Lord for about 50 days. About two months. Why did God repeat himself? Why did he say that I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt? But do you know when God speaks about certain things, it's not just a logos word written, but it is a rhema. Revealing word of God. You know, sometimes God has to repeat to us, I am the Lord thy God. And with every sentence that God repeats, he brings life. A restoration. The touch of the spirit. His presence. He reminds you that I am there. What I have done. Who I am. He speaks to us on that level many times over. Amen. So what God, what God is saying here in Ten Commandments first says, I am the Lord who brought you out of bondage. So God was revealing now to Israelites through Moses their next level of understanding God's deliverance. I wonder if you are today on which level of your comprehension of your deliverance by Jesus how deep how much you really understand what God has done for you I don't think we understand this totally not yet it goes deeper every time because this is how God brings and builds the relationship with us. So the accent here is on Egypt. It says, I am the Lord thy God that brought you out of Egypt. Israel in those days and all the believers today can only get to know the Lord after their deliverance. Not before. Did you understand what I say? People will never get to know God before their deliverance. Only after their deliverance from the bondage of sin. From the bondage of sin. Jesus himself, he said, I came to save sinners. I didn't come to the healthy ones. I came to the sick. I came to save sinners. So God says, repeating himself, he says, very important thing. He says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's number one. They knew that. But now he adds a little information more out of the house of bondage. So if God would say to you, I'm the Lord your God, I brought you out of sin. Okay, that's one thing. But when he says, out of the house of bondage. Oh, you begin to think about this. It's not just bondage. But he says, house. You've been dwelling in. That was your shelter. That's where your food was. That's where you washed yourself. That's where you raised your children. That's where you slept. That's where your main activity of life was house 
And that was sin. Bondage. Can you imagine? God deliver you not just from sin, but from that house where you completely used to believe in. That is the house of bondage. That's why God repeats himself. Are you enjoying this so far? So God says, I am the Lord your God who have brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Until you really understand this and get to that next level of your understanding of your salvation, your love is not going to grow. Why God reveals himself in more specific way to us if we want to if we are hungry for the word of God is to love him more is to get to know him more is to be in love with him is to be in love with his word because God knows that his word is very strong sometimes very actually demanding many times in many ways and without this love build relationship with him people will not be able to manage this but god cannot lose these things up he cannot because everything that he has placed in his word is a must to live by must not just to please god and his will it's because we are in the midst of the crooked generation satan the world and the flesh and god knows that only through his requirements through the blood of jesus we would be able to conquer this life here it's not because just jesus said because i have overcome he didn't say you are overcomer he says, you shall overcome also. It means you shall do the same thing also. You shall fight and win the battle also. But it's not without it. God never, never put his word aside and say, just live by grace. I paid everything for you. Don't worry about anything. No, because your flesh is still here. Be careful. It's easy to believe in grace alone. And that's why they teach. We don't need Ten Commandments any longer. Because there is a requirement. When people are not walking in the word of God in its depth. Revelation. When they don't have themselves a relationship with God. How can they explain something? You have to have a relationship. But those, you see, why I love to listen most of the time to the ministers that went through revivals. Do you know why? Because God will never give a revival to somebody who doesn't pay the price. But who, the one who pays the price he is not going to walk in shallow waters with God. Is that right? He will be in the depth of the depth with God. And he knows the truth. 
Amen. That's why I like to listen to them, to the messages. I, I, I hardly listen to any preachers of today. Honestly, actually, sometimes I do because they bring something deeper. But I, 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 I don't. I don't, I don't go to psychologists and I don't like psychology. The word of God is sufficient for me. Amen? I want to walk in the depth of the word of God. I want to love God with all my heart. By the way, it is in Ten Commandments. You know? And then verse 3 says this. It says... You shall have no other gods before me. See, God is introducing now himself to Israelites in a different level, as you're realizing. So the Ten Commandments, it's not just, you know, well, put it on a wall, we have it over there, keep it. If you're Jewish, you must have Ten Commandments in your house. Keep it here, put it there, put it anywhere. But the Ten Commandments, they were for the purpose to introduce God in much deeper way to a believer. A believer. Amen. So when God says, you shall have no other gods before me. Why did he say that? Because he says, if you will, they will bring you back to the house of bondage. Hmm? If you will, they will bring you back to the house of bondage. And what is it? Well, basically everything is covered in Ten Commandments, actually, to be honest with you. But let's move on. Verse 4 says, You shall not make unto you any grave, graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth why did God say likeness because we were created in God's image and likeness we belong to God to his likeness and image therefore we cannot make any likeness or image of anything that God has created we were created under his image and likeness. Worship him who has created you. God specifically mentions here, he covers everything from heaven all, down, all the way down to the bottom of the ocean. Is because these things the devil uses to make people to believe in. God knows satanic actions he knows what he creates and god brings as an example to mention these things so that we might be careful not to fall before them remember in one thing why did god allowed moses to write the first chapter of the book of genesis why because there we say and there we see that we were made under his own image and likeness other religions, they fall before sun and moon. Islam, perhaps. On their sign, there is sun and moon they worship, right? 
Others, they worship fish. Others, they worship animals, cows, all kind of things that God has created. Everything and anything but not the true God. Isn't it demonic? Isn't it satanic? Anything and everything but not true God. And God said, you shall not make unto you any graven images, anything or any likeness likeness of anything that is in heaven because you'll become like them in psalms it says when you worship them you will become like them you will take their likeness why you'll be possessed you'll be demon possessed but god said i made you in my image and in my likeness that's why I am the only father and only God and creator for you. If you have children, they were born to you as your family. They are after your likeness and image. Would you like them to call somebody else mama but not you? You wouldn't like that, right? Would you like your children to call somebody else their mama but not you? Or their papa, but not you. You'll be jealous because you made them. God is the same. He says, worship me, be with me in relationship. Not with anything that I have created. I created everything for you, but the devil is perverse in everything. You see, these things bring us to a closer relationship with God. And imagine... This kind of a deep thing God was presenting to Israelites in the wilderness as the first written word of God and commandment. You tell me it's not important. God is revealing in these things his heart and you tell me that we don't live by them. I die for them. I'll live for them. I love them. You know why? Because you will know that this is not a bondage or a freedom. When whatever God is presenting in his word. Doesn't mention him first. Because if God is including himself in what he says. He's totally and completely in it. I want to do everything what God does and where he is. If God is in it, I am in it. And look at Ten Commandments. First and foremost, God began to speak about himself. So I'm in it. And I don't want to neglect because I don't want to disturb my relationship with God. It's important for me. My relationship with God. You shall not make unto yourself any graven image or any likeness of them. Don't do it because you will become like them or like the one who made you worship in them. And who is that? The devil. We don't need to live by Ten Commandments. That's the devil who says that. He is taking you away from this wonderful, marvelous revelation who God is and what he wants to do in your life. 
Verse 5 says this. You shall not bow down yourself to them nor serve them. See, bow down first. If you're going to start bowing down to any idols there, whatever they are, could be money, could be family, could be a job, could be anything. But I'm talking about now actually the literal things the devil is trying to put in people's minds to worship. If you're going to start bowing down yourself to them, you will begin to serve them. When you begin to serve them, what happens is you become in who? A slave. Slave. So if I am not serving Jesus fully, I am a slave of something or somebody else. You can be a slave of fear. You can be a slave of your feelings. If you are not free in your mentality, in your mind as Christ is, if you're not freely walking in things, you are slave to something. Because first you bow down. Fear will bend you. First bend you like this. And then because of fear, you're not going to do it. And the devil will get you. He'll say, well, I'll do it a second time, third time. And then you'll serve fear. And a lot of people, they live by fear all their life. And they serve in, not even understanding that they serve in fear. They're not completely free. Did Jesus live by Ten Commandments? A hundred percent. He says, I came to do your will. I came to do your word. Of course he lived by Ten Commandments. Of course he obeyed all of them. It was the part of his life. God himself lives this way. He doesn't tell you to live by something. It's that he doesn't live by himself. He's showing you who he is and how he lives. The heart of God is revealed in Ten Commandments. And you say, well, God doesn't need to obey them. He doesn't obey what he says. He lives by what he says. No, but we know better, right? Because we are people. Because God sometimes makes a mistake. And we should correct it. And many churches do. They already corrected the fact that uh, Sabbath, there's no need for Sabbath. They already fixed that problem. Sabbath is not need. They already fixed that. And many other things. And God says, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them. And he adds something here that hate. Do you see why people don't want to pay attention to Ten Commandments? They don't want to be under this category. But yet they live that way. See, sometimes what we do, we avoid the truth because we don't want to be judged. But we live that way. So we say, we don't, I don't believe. Like a lot of people in the world, they say, they say, I, I don't believe God will judge me. I'm a good person. I don't believe God is going to judge me. Nobody wants to be judged. The devil may say that too. Do you think he wants to be judged? Of course not. So he'll lie. As he lied to Eve, he lied to her. God never said, you shall be like God when you're going to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. 
God never said that. He says, Adam, you already know everything. I gave you all wisdom and all knowledge. You didn't get nothing else. But the devil lied. He says, you shall be like God. He lied. People say, I don't, I, I will not. And they say this with such assurance that they will not be judged. Because they are good people. So they'll, when they're going to come to heaven, they say, Lord, you cannot judge me because I am a good person. They'll say it to Jesus there. So they'll make Jesus to bow before them and refuse his own word to do what's right because they think that they're right. You see, I'm digging into something that is really, really human right now. Everybody say the same thing. But the truth of the matter is that that is a lie from the pit of hell. God said that he is going to visit the iniquity of the fathers upon their children under the third and fourth generation, those who hate God. Let me read to you something. God visits the iniquities of people. His visitation is not to see how bad their sins are. No. But to bring judgment because of their sins. He doesn't come to see how bad they are. He just judged them because of their sins. Period. And only through Christ we can be forgiven and delivered from God's judgment. So the word of God is really powerful. God will do what he says. And he says in verse 6, And show mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. So look, in, in verse 5, it says, he will visit those who hate him. And iniquity here is not just because of real sin, Adam's sin. It's those who worship other gods. Those who made God not their God. But they'd rather to worship anything and everyone else. God says, these people hate me. They hate me. They don't want me. But he says about those who is going to show mercy is very interesting. He says, I will show mercy unto thousands, generations that love me. That's number one. And number two, keep my commandments. Live by my word. Amen. Keep my commandments. Live by my word. Seven verses are talking about God himself. Seven verses in Ten Commandments. And people say, we don't need them. No, we need to read them, not just to read them. We need the Ten Commandments to be in our heart. And actually receive even more revelation what they mean. You see, what we need to do with the Word of God as such an important element in our life. Not to think that the law and Old Testament and this and that, we don't need any longer. See, when you are in Christ, you are free. Free to live by everything what God said. 
and have the power to leave. But the truth of the matter is, according to what I'm teaching today, you would be more hungry for everything what God said to find out deeper revelation about it. I enjoy to study the book of Leviticus and every other book in the Old Testament. Why? Not because I'm saved by them, but because I love Jesus and God and I want to know more why God said what he said. It helps me to get to know God better. Paul said, I want to know him. I just want to know him. He is a mysterious God. He has many things to share. He's so powerful. My life depends on his presence. He's so glorious. I want to know him. And the only way I can know him is through his word and prayer. So God, I will read your word. Reveal it to me. I'm not afraid to read the Old Testament. I want to read everything what God said. Just reveal that to me. Verse 7, God says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. And the word take means to lift or to speak. Because God's name is holy. We shall reverend God and uplift him and bless his name. See, from verse 1 to 7, God has explained the truth about himself. And it's so deep and so glorious. But you know what he said in verse 8? This is another one, uh, reason why a lot of people, they don't believe the Ten Commandments are in existence God said all of a sudden with probably his right hand lifted up when he was talking to Moses. When you're going to say the word remember, if you want somebody to remember something, with what annotation you're going to speak? Remember classroom, school? Remember children. You motion in that remembrance with your body. Your body language is important, right? You wouldn't say like, remember. You want to bring an accent on remembers. The word remember. So you'll raise your voice. You might raise your hand. You might even stand up. Remember. Do you think God was not the same when he spoke to Moses? Because the word remember is here. It says, remember, and I'm sure he paused it to get his attention. Moses, Moses, when he spoke to him through the burning bush, he didn't say, Moses, 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 Moses. 
He would never pay attention. He says, Moses, something important that God wants to say. Like God said to Israel, hear Israel. Listen. God wants to say something, right? So listen. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. So in verse 8, he says, remember. Remember, he says, the Sabbath day. If that would not be important, he would never put the accent on that word. And he would never speak that word right after he explained everything about himself. But he made an accent on that word. Says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. If God says remember, means never forget. If God says remember, it means never forget. To keep the Sabbath day holy. And God doesn't leave things alone like this. He says, well, you know, I said it, you do it. But he said this way. In six days, you shall labor. Six days you shall labor. And do all your work. When God is explaining certain things in few verses, it's important. He's a teacher. But he says the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. He said the seventh day, it's the day of your Lord. It's the day of your God. The seventh day. And in it you shall not do any work you shall, neither your son nor your daughter, your maidservant or maidservant or any cattle or any stranger that is within thy gates. And he didn't finish yet. He says, for in six days the Lord made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. In the other words, Sabbath is this way. The creation was a powerful event. If you would be there, you would be amazed to see it. Mountains lifted up, water season, everything just come into place. The sun all of a sudden begin to shine. The moon started would you like to see that the earth begin to move all the fishes and all this begin to be created it was a, a, a wonderful thing if you can just think and imagine what has happened imagine after this scenario god didn't just leave the earth and said goodbye i'm going You know what the seventh day means? It's a celebration of his creation. He stayed for another day to celebrate and to watch how everything functions. My work is done, he says. But I'm still here to be worshipped for what I have done. That's what Sabbath means. 
My work has, done, has been done, but I'm here to be worshipped for what I have done. This is why Jesus is the man of the Sabbath. He died for you. He paid the price. And he wants us to worship him on that day for what he has done. But we are going to switch to a Sunday. Because to God it doesn't matter when you're going to worship him. First day or second day or third day. It doesn't matter. He's, we can change the course of God's mind. No, sir. It will never happen because what God has installed upon this universe has to function just exactly the same way. And rested on the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed. That's why God has blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, lifted up, put it aside, sanctified. I'd rather to come on a day of sanctification with, with, with God that God sanctified than I sanctified. If God sanctified for me the seventh day, it's important. That's the day for me to worship God, eh? Because God sanctified this day. He set it apart. Well, we come on another day and we'll say, Lord, we are here. God says, well, I see. I know. But that's not the day I sanctified. See, people don't still understand what does it mean to please God completely and fully. So there's a lot of struggles because we change the word of God. And we say these things are not important anymore. Well, God says maybe it's not important for you. But it is important for me. When God's finished talking, actually I was wrong by saying that God stopped talking about himself on verse 7. He went all the way to verse 11 because when he speaks about Sabbath, he speaks about the day, a specific day when God wants us to get together to worship him. So the instruction is here from the beginning of his revelation of who he is to the very day when he could worship him. And then he says, I want to turn to you. I spoke enough about myself and I will continually talk about myself further. But now I want to talk to you. And he said this. Honor your father and your mother. That the days may be long upon the land which the Lord, that God gives you. And I've, I've seen something here. I'm not sure. Maybe it's my translation. But I'm not sure about your translation. But my translation says this. Honor your father and your mother. And it says that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God gives you. 
not your days, but the land where you live in. Is that right? How, how is your Bible saying? Is that my translation only? Give us some other translation. What does it say? Because I thought before that it says that your days will be longer. But it says about the days of your land. Is that right? Am I correct here? What does the Bible say? In verse 12. Uh-huh. So the land that God has given thee, not your life, it's about the land. It's interesting, I never saw that. I was always thinking it's about us, but God says it's about the land. Wow. Isn't it something? Something new that we have discovered today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. So it talks about us now. Says, honor your father and your mother. And then he says in verse 13, here it goes quickly without any explanation. You shall not kill, period. Before God would explain in two, three verses what he meant. Here he says, you shall not kill. What is it that you don't understand here? You shall not commit adultery. Do you know why these sentences are short? Because there is no other, <laughs> I would say not explanation, but there is no other way to get out of it. You shall not kill, and that's it. You shall not steal, and that's it. There is no options in there. Maybe you can steal a little bit from your wife, from your husband. Maybe you can steal a little bit from this and that. It's okay. But you don't steal big things, right? Small things. No, God said you shall not kill or steal. It's one sentence. One sentence. Amen. So there is no options in this. It's straightforward. You shall not commit adultery. No explanation here. Period. But Lord, when, I, when, 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 when we're looking into pornography, we're thinking about each other. Isn't that stupidity? It's okay, Lord, I'm looking at the magazine, but I'm thinking about my husband at the time. So I'm not committing adultery. It doesn't matter what you think. It's the matter what you're looking at. Amen? That's why there is no explanation. It says you shall not commit adultery. That's it. There is no more options. It doesn't matter what you do, which way you do. Jesus said if you look with lust upon a woman, you already commit an adultery so what you do 
make covenant with you. But you see, what did I tell you at the beginning? If you're going to love God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind, these things will be no issue for you. They'll be out of your life. Amen? You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Shall not gossip. Paul said an interesting thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, I was, I was personally teaching you for 18 months. I was your pastor. But I couldn't speak to you as to mature people. I couldn't feed you with solid food because you are still babies. Why? It's because, he says, there is a division among you, gossip, criticism, unforgiveness, and all kind of things that the world is living by. But we don't need the Ten Commandments. <coughs> to my knowledge, anybody who doesn't experience God as it says in first in verse in first eleven verses. Anybody who doesn't have that relationship with God, he will fall into other things very easily. <laughs> See, our, I'll tell you, our, our life in Christ is very unique. It's unique. Why? Because not everybody on this earth can have it. And not everybody has it. It's a privilege to be received by the king. It's a privilege. But that privilege doesn't give us chance and opportunity to be ourselves. If we are accepted by the king, we should live by the kingdom. And the king doesn't just accept in us. He is not accepting us because we were lost and he had pity. He accepts us because he wants that relationship. So if we have a relationship with him, how can we put him down? You see? This is why the Ten Commandments begin with introduction of God's heart first. If we don't have that in our life, we surely be fallen very quickly. Sabbath will be not a deal for us. It's religious. Everything will become religious. Sabbath will become religious because we don't have a God in our heart. We are going to steal, kill, destroy, whatever. It's not a problem <coughs> because we need to survive. It's not a problem. We'll do things. People do things in the world. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. But we are unique people, right? 
We are very unique people. If you understand by the word unique, is because you don't live the way the world lives. That's what makes your uniqueness. But if you do, what is the difference? If you do, it means Christ is not the center of your attention and you have no relationship. You might have a relationship, but no fellowship. So all other commandments from, I would say, from verse 13 down to the end, the result of this, listen to me carefully, the result of this commandments in your life to be under control of God and to obey Him depends on what you have with Him from verse 1 to 12. Did you understand what I mean? The result of the fruit of the Spirit upon your life does not depend on you. The result of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit upon your life, depends on your relationship with God. This is why I said at the beginning, some people say it's very hard to live by Ten Commandments, and I said, no, it's not. If you love God with all your heart, and you have fellowship with Him, all other issues will never be an issue. Why did God put them there? A good question. For us to realize, to test where we are with Him. Why did God put the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden? One tree. Just for a test. If they will obey. And they disobey. If they, and they disobey. So other things, what God said, don't do this, don't do that, don't live by these things, they may never be a part of your life if your relationship with God is good. Amen? That's why Jesus said that the gospel, the word of God is not burdensome. God's commandments, it says, they're not burdensome. But yet to the world, it's foolishness. Not even burden, but it's foolishness. They don't want even think about it because liars, cheaters, crookedness, all kind of things in the world today, everywhere, everywhere, anywhere you go, people will lie to you. They'll try to screw you up. 
And they think that they're winning by cheating you. They think that they're winning by cheating you. They think that they're winning by lying to you. They think that they have made you full. We are unique people. We don't live like that. Unique. That's why God says, live by the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the last of your flesh. The last is to even to lie to somebody. It's the last of your flesh. What is the lie? Why you lie? Why people lie? Because that's they're trying to get away from something. Is that right? And many other things not to be truthful about. This is why we are so unique. We're supposed to be unique. The light to the world. We are the light to the world. Wow. The light to the world. But if we're still doing the same thing that's we, as the world does, you are not the light. And the devil is laughing about it. And you know what he's going to do? He'll accuse you right away. Say, look. I know what they've done. They're watching. Look. He is the accuser of the brethren. See, he, he, he cannot accuse a sinner. They're all the same. There's nothing to be accused because they all live in the same way. Living in sin. They are not redeemed. But we are redeemed. And when we do wrong thing, even when we are at home alone and we do wrong stuff ourselves, the devil, remember, Satan right away accusing you to the Father because he's watching you and he's seeing. You'll never be alone. Remember this. You are never alone. The first of all, remember, before you do stupidity, the angels, guardian angels around you, they watch and what you do. And they sometimes are shame. The devil is watching you. Demons are watching you. And God is seeing. You're thinking you're alone. You're surrounded by many witnesses, different kind. Behave yourself. Are you listening? Don't ever think that you're alone. In the flesh, maybe you are, but not in the spirit. So before you're going to do something wrong, before you're going to make things wrong, think, I've been watched. I've been watched. Aren't you ashamed when you know that people are watching you? Not the even people, but higher than people. Wow. You thought you, you're, you're by yourself there. No, you're not. And you know what? The devil is such an evil being. 
that everything that was before us, people thought it was in secret. Now it's on internet. It's there. They're already not even ashamed of themselves and they put everything on internet. A deception. Sickness. Do you understand what I mean? But we are different people. When we're making a deal with somebody else, do you think God is not watching? When we're buying stuff, when we're selling things, when we're dealing with others, how we treat others, how we, how we do things. You know, somebody told me the other day, no mentions names, no mention businesses, but I talked to a businessman. And he said, Gennady, I've been visited by the Lord. My household been visited by the Lord lately. And we begin to pray with my wife. And we have some Bible classes at home. Every Saturday night we get together as a home group. And we just enjoy. And my wife reads the Bible till 2-3 o'clock in the morning. Can't stop reading. And I knew these people very well. I said, you are born again? He says, exactly. But he says this. He said this. To my shame, as a businessman, I used to sell parts, second-hand parts, but I told them that was new. And I charged them as new parts. I repented. I can't do these things any longer because I know that I can't serve God and money. I can't do that. And he just was born again. I can't cheat people because it's not just my conscience that is working against this. But my God is seeing what I'm doing. What's the point for me to be born again if I continue to do things the way I used to do? God is watching. You know what God said? He's watching to perform His word. He's watching to perform his word. So get rid of stuff from your life. Think about one thing. Whenever devil is trying to manipulate your life through whatever it is, you say, my God is watching. I am before him. How can I be before the presence of God and do wrong stuff? What kind of a believer... Who am I that I'm doing these things? What's wrong with me? Amen? Remind yourself this. God is watching and I want to continue his relationship to build up. Not to destroy. Hallelujah. Well, I think... I'm going to stop here.
We went through the Ten Commandments very easily today. Do you understand why some people say, we don't want to live by Ten Commandments? They're too condemning. Why, why are you condemned? You probably don't live right. Because those who are in Christ, they're not under condemnation. If these things condemning you, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta look into the mirror and say, something's going wrong in my life. And I want to fix it. Amen? But the Ten Commandments will never fix it. They will point things out. You know who's going to fix it? You. Unless we offer ourselves to God and repent and turn from our wicked ways, nothing will help. Nothing. So, the only person who can fix this is you and I. Both of us. Amen. Imagine when God speaks about these things to all of us. A lot of people, they would not even think or believe or even listen to this. They could go to the biggest church ever, hide themselves, clap their hands, go home and be happy until the day until the day will come and the Bible say in the book of Malachi do you want to read this let me show you it's really powerful because there will be the day right I have to find that verse It's the day of the Lord. Chapter four, 4. And we think this is for Israel, as always. Poor Israel, they have to pay the price for everybody. Even for believers, sometimes you think that it belongs to only Israel. For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven, and in all the proud, ye all that do wickedly. Hello? shall be stubble and the day that comes shall burn them up says the lord of hosts that it shall leave them neither root nor branch that's the time when jesus is going to return amen so when God will return, when, 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 when the day the Lord will come, I want you to read verse 4. Because verse 1, we read and we know that it's the, 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 the returning of Jesus. <laughs> right? Let's continue verse 2. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as 
calves of the storm. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. And it says, verse 4, remember you the law of Moses. Interesting. My servant which I commanded unto you, him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you an Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the Lord, great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers and the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Wow. It speaks the dreadful day of the Lord. So it doesn't matter how we hide and where we hide. Simply talking about this, I can say this. We may be hiding in a big church. We may be going to church for a conscience sake. Maybe sitting there and praising God for whatever. But the day of the Lord is going to come. And God is going to reward everything and everyone. Amen? Hallelujah. Precious Jesus. Well, I think we're going to stop on this. We've got enough of blessings and warnings and all kind of things from the Lord today. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Do you know I was listening to some of the powerful ministers. They're already in heaven. They're already in glory. But even the ones that I died in 90s, like, you know, a man by Lester Summerall. Have heard about him? Powerful man of God. Smith Wigglesworth prayed for him. I mean, these people, they've seen glory. And I listened carefully. I thought, maybe, Lord, maybe I'm too hard. Maybe I'm, I'm preaching something that uh, <coughs> not in season or, or um, it's maybe out of season, whatever it is. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, maybe sometimes it's just me that sees those things that are dangerous in, in the body of Christ. Listening to him, he's, he was preaching the same thing. And he was the powerful man of God. Great revivals happened through him and all over the world. He had one of the major television stations in the U.S. and radio stations. And he died when he was 83, full of age. And uh, his ministry was fully powerful till the end of his death. And his son then took over. And his son just died a couple of years ago. But I thought, Lord, is that only me that uh, sees those things? And because today, hardly any, anybody is preaching about these things. Everybody is preaching about grace and happiness and joy and prosperity and uh, all the best life you can have. Without mentioning a word about sin or anything else. Or even relationship with God. 
I said, Lord, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? And God showed me through these people. And when I read their books, you know Charles Finney? Heard those names? God moved so powerfully. Why did God move so powerfully through them? Because they preached the same message. I realized they preached the same message. Compromising not. Amen? I don't know, maybe I'm not exactly complete yet in that area. But I listened to Lester Semerall the other day, and he was very hard about sexual morality in the church. And he, that was 80s. I was born in 85. I didn't know there were such things in the church when I was born. When I was born again, I thought, well, church is haven. No problems there. But when I listened to Lester Semerall today, they had just as many problems as today. What's wrong with the church? What's wrong? I'll tell you what's wrong. Not enough word, spirit, and so much flesh. So much flesh. Hmm? So I said, Jesus, if I don't have anybody to listen to today, whoever I'm listening to, I'd rather read those books from people that went through revivals. Because I need to be fed. I need to take an example from somebody. I don't want to fall into the pit. I don't want to follow somebody else and, 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 and accept whatever they say. Everything's right. Everything's good. And just believe God and God will give you millions. And uh, that's all you want is millions of dollars and nice cars. Well, I just spent $700 on fixing. On my Mercedes. And it's not even Mercedes. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, well, and God showed me, no, no, you're not the only one. Just keep going. You want to see revival? Talk about the word of God. Amen. Because God said this. If you will be afraid to talk about what I give you. If you will never present to people what I gave you. I'll never give you this again. You'll be on your own. Lord Jesus, on my own, I'll die here. I'll die without prayer. If I'm going to quit praying or seeking God, I'm finished. There's nothing about me. You understand? Nothing. I can sing, I can't even dance. Can do that. I can sing. But I said, Lord, I'm going to hang on to you and do what you say, whatever message you're going to give me. And some, some of the revelations God is pouring, amazing. But I've learned one thing God is equal in everything. God looks upon our relationship as just as strong as he looks upon our sin. Do you understand what I said? 
with the same eyes. God doesn't turn his face away as he doesn't see it. Did you understand what I mean? He doesn't turn his face away as though he doesn't see it, or as though he doesn't want to see it. No, he's looking upon everything with his open eyes. Upon our relationship with him, and upon our wrong things too. He doesn't hide his face. Amen? It's important. Well, I, I better stop. I better stop. Precious Jesus. Do you think we come in here for prayer because we have fun together? Do you think we come in on Tuesday just because we have nothing to do? No, we come in on Tuesdays here and we broadcast this life is because we're giving ourselves another opportunity to be filled with God together and to listen from Him. Amen. This is why. Precious God. So let's pray. I hope this helped you today. If I'm sure there's, there was so much information, but so valuable information. I want you to go back to my website or YouTube channel and rewatch this again. It's going to be there this afternoon. Watch it. Study. If it helps me, it will help you too. Don't just listen. Study and pray and say, Lord, I want this, what it has been said. I want to walk that way. I want to live by your spirit. Father, in the mighty precious name of Jesus, we just give you the praise and the glory today for your goodness. We uplift everyone, every soul today in Jesus' name. We just pray, Father God, for the invasion of your word in our life in deeper way. Father God, we want to get rid of all the malice, all the competitive spirits. We want to get rid of all the jealousy, my Lord. We want to get rid of all the things that are bothering us not to be free in your spirit. We want to be free, my Lord. Not living by the flesh, but by your spirit. And it's not only when we pray and feel your presence. We realize that but to live by your spirit, it means not fulfill anything from our flesh. That we're not going to be angry. We'll be kind and forgiving, living in peace with every person if it's possible. Jesus, I pray. There will be no judgment, judgments in our mind. No malice, no bad word. No bad desires. No bad influence. No jealousy. 
We don't want to be jealous. We want to uplift each other in love. Because you are uplifting us in love. Forgive us, Lord, for every word, idle word that we spoke. I guess against somebody, against something, even against, our, against ourselves. Forgive us. Make us free, my Lord. Father God, I pray. I pray in the name of Jesus, let your spirit move gracefully and powerfully here. We give you the praise. Give you the praise. Repent if you have to. Jesus said, repent and sin no more. Take an advice an instruction from the word of God. Do what's right. Don't fall into any temptation. Stay away from any wickedness. Untruthful things. Ungodliness. Anything that is not of God. In Jesus' name. Amen.